0: Good to see you this morning. Excited to be at church today. So much is happening here at the Avenue. Let me give you a couple things real quick to be aware of. Tonight is Growth Track. Growth Track. Well, what is that? Growth Track is simply it's your next step. If you've never been through Growth Track here at the Avenue, we would encourage you to take that step in your life. That happens tonight at 6 p.m., at Brandon and Laurie Harvey's home. They pastor our congregation, and they would love to have you there. What is it exactly? It's your step to discovering who God created you to be. It's also a step to discovering who the Avenue Church is as well. So it's, so, it's sort of like our members class, if you will, but it's so much more than that. Because we have you go through it, your kids are welcome to be there too, and as you go through it, you take a test, which is not a test that's like, I might fail that test. It's all good answers. My favorite kind of test, the kind you can't fail, the kind that just tells you about who you are, and the unique way God made you, and then how you can use that in this world to bless other people as well. The worst thing that you'd ever do with your life is not discover who you really are. I said the worst thing you could ever do with your life is to not discover who God made you to be and live your whole life and not be, not have your identity revealed to you so that you can show the world this is who God made me to be and I can impact the world in my life. And that's exactly what we try to do through Growth Track: is help you understand who you are and then how that can change the world around you. For God's glory. The second thing I need you to know about is small groups are getting ready to launch August 27th. Come on, somebody. Small groups are at the core of what we do. We love our small groups here at the Avenue. And as we are getting ready to launch those groups, we are making the call to ask for small group leaders. So if you'd like to be a leader, please see Pastor Tara, and she will get the information. You let us know, and we will uh, give give you the dates for the small group training. It's simple. You just simply say, I'd love to lead a small group. What are small groups? Small groups are a smaller connection of the avenue outside of Sunday mornings. Have people come over to your house, meet up with somebody somewhere else. We have some of the most unique small groups I've ever seen. In the world, and I've been a part of church for a long time and seen small groups done many different ways. I love the way we do it, and I love the community that you can find and that we have through building friendships and relationships in our small groups. So, if you'd like to be a leader and lead a group in any area, let us know and we'll get you engaged in that as we get ready to launch out. Well, I am glad to be back this morning. We had a great time on vacation. Tara and I and the boys, we went away for a couple days, and we were gone last weekend, so I am fired up. Anytime I come back, it's a good thing we have like a clock in the back, because I feel like I could go for two hours this morning. It never goes over when I say that. There's never an amen there. I thank Aaron for doing a phenomenal job last week, kicking off our series, In My Feelings. This series is all about understanding that for you to move where God wants you to be, You have to deal with the things in your past. Too many times we expect to move forward and ignore what has happened. And there are things that happened in your childhood. And there's things that happened in trauma. There's experience that you went through in pain that you dealt with. That now that you're in a space where maybe you're saved You're forgiven and you're trying to move forward. You've never dealt with those things and they're keeping you from being able to be developed fully as God wants you to be. You say, but pastor, I am fully forgiven. Yes, you are 100% forgiven. But pastor, I'm going to heaven. Yes, you are. However, to be fully effective on this earth To do the thing that God has created you to do, you still must deal with the pains and the hurts of your past in a healthy way. So this series is not designed to bring shame to anybody, to make anybody feel guilty, but to help you understand that I am still dealing. Last week, Aaron dealt with the mind, the thought process, the thinking, fixing your focus, that when those thoughts attack you, when they come at you, capturing them and putting them to rest under what the scripture says about them this morning i want to dive into another area of life another place and it may get a little bit sensitive this morning you may be like oh i didn't know we were going there we're going to land somewhere and for each one of us it's going to be a space where i want you to really consider what we're talking about today and maybe you say well today i'm i'm listening but i'm really not ready to make the step maybe in this series you will. um, don't, don't get caught up and go, well, you know what? I'm going to come back at the end of August when the new series on miracles starts because I need a miracle. But right now, no, no. This is the word we all need today. So I want you to just lean in. And I want you to grace from it. And I want you to take from it. And I want you to understand that God has something for your life. And his whole plan is wrapped up and built around the fact that if you will confront your past, you can change the way that you enter into your future. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Jeremiah 2.13. We're going to read a couple, one verse here, and then jump over to the New Testament and read a couple verses there. And then we're going to dive into this. Jeremiah 2.13 says this My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, say forsaken, forsaken. the spring of living water. And secondly, they have dug their own cistern. Say dug. Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So God says, I have this against you. You've forsaken me. You walked away. You forgot about me. You abandoned me. And when you did, then you went and tried to figure out your own way to do life. What's a cistern? A cistern is a thing that holds water, a place that the community could come together and pull water out of for the family, for the community, that would hold the water, that would feed them, that would fill them, that would hydrate them. And he says, your cisterns have broken because you've forsaken me and you went looking to fill up on life somewhere else. I want to dive into the New Testament. Romans chapter 8 simply says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Let's pray. God, we thank you this morning for being with us. Thank you this morning for what you're doing in our lives. I pray this morning, God, that you would touch us and change us. Don't let anyone leave out of here the same way that they entered in. Speak to our hearts, our ears, our minds. Open up our eyes to see you in a way we never have, and our ears to hear from you and experience you as never before. You are truly the only one that can change us from the inside out. So thank you this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said... As recently as being on vacation, I can tell you I see something that happens in my boys' lives over and over. We have a 17-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a soon-to-be 5-year-old this coming Friday who doesn't let us forget that. (laughs) And as these boys are growing, one thing has always stayed the same. They change. Their body types change. Their size change. Their appetites change. Things about them change One thing doesn't change. Their desire and want for me to notice what they're doing doesn't lack. Dad, watch this. Get a jump rope out. I can jump 10 times now. Dad, 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 watch me. Dad, watch this, watch this. I can do a bottle flip. If I see another bottle flip. I did it. I just did it. Dad, hold on. Watch, watch. I can do it. Dad, I can do it. I can do it. Oh. They can flip a bottle and land another bottle on top with the bottle caps like this. Now, that's impressive. But I don't know how many times you had to do it and how much time you wasted to get there. <laughs> and how many times I heard, Dad, 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 watch, watch, watch. We couldn't go on vacation. And we're in Pensacola Beach. We're swimming. And every time somebody jumps in the water, Dad, watch, watch, watch. Dad, are you watching? Dad, Dad, watch again, watch again, watch again. Jump in the ocean, swim, hit a ball, pick up a ball, throw a ball. There's never, never watch me eat. That's one that never happens. I don't, my kids don't have big appetites. But everything else is, Dad, watch. Why? Why? Because inside of us, there's something that pulls at us. That's our human nature. Now, I still see this happen in my life from time to time. I can still see that I'm like, hey, 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 watch. I hit a 90-foot putt earlier this summer. 90 feet. Do you know how many people I told about it? One person was there to watch, and what did I do? Did you see that? Of course they saw it. They were standing on the green. And you do it too. What do you think social media is so affluent because of? Watch me. Look at this. Watch what I can do. Look at what I ate. Look at where I am. Watch this thing in my life play out. Why do you think we get on there? Why do you think we check the likes, the thumbs up, the hearts, the comments? Because we want people to notice us. There is innately, there are two things inside of each person, each one of us. Inside everyone Two things that pull at you a need to be needed and to be known. You need to be needed and known. Humans need to be needed and to be known. And this thing will drive us, it will dictate our decisions, it will be the thing that gets in our lives and steers the car, the direction we go. I'll follow these people here because I feel needed by them. I'll go this direction of my life over here because they know who I am. There is something innately inside of you that needs to be needed and to be known. And you'll allow yourself in your feelings to follow those things wherever they lead. So where does it come from? What is that thing in my life? Is it wrong? It's not wrong. Is it something in me that's I'm broken? It's not broken. Is it something in me that should, that should be addressed? Yes, it should be addressed. Why? Because as long as you attempt to fulfill those things in your life looking for man's approval, looking for women's acceptance, looking for people to affirm you, as long as you walk through life swerving and driving and steering wherever you can be needed and known, you will miss out on the fact that those things come from God and your true fulfillment in life can only come from a place of going, God, I know that I need you and you know who I am. So as you live your life, I dare you right now, begin to go through your mind and consider what areas of my life have I been sacrificing? We look at people and we get it. We look at somebody and make a judgment call on their life. See somebody, some guy. Great athletic ability. Man, this dude could go a long way. He could make waves. Who knows what kind of scholarship? The future seems so bright. And yet we see him get to the point where he throws it all away because he allows something in, his, in the side to get a hold of him, an addiction to get a hold of him, something to grab him and distract him. And we see this person never truly fulfill the potential. I grew up with some guys like this. I had friends get invitations to D1 colleges to play basketball, and yet because they had kids at an early age or because they got caught up with gangs, they never entered into the place where they could actually go to school, and who knows what all they forfeited, forfeited because they allowed themselves to be driven, to be needed and known by things that weren't of God, and they pulled them away, and they lost the destination God had for them. You see a girl sacrificing and all, throwing her body around, sleeping here and there. And we say, well, she's got daddy issues in her life. She has daddy issues in her life. And we put that judgment upon her because she has this pain that's deep inside. So she's looking to be needed and known by anybody that will recognize her. But let me tell you, behind every girl with daddy issues is a daddy who had issues. And every daddy who had issues but would not be transparent or vulnerable, not to the point of sharing details, but to the point of saying, hey, I understand what it's like to be needed and known and have to deal with that in life, will never, ever be able to get to a place where their children now can look to God See, we want to be needed, and my, that's the whole point. My kids, hey, Dad, watch this. Hey, Dad, did you see that? Hey, Dad, did you notice I did this? And we walk through life looking to impress people, looking to improve our situation, looking to just sacrifice or lay down our morals, our values, our beliefs, our convictions, whatever it might be, just for the sake of pat on the back a high five, somebody's approval that is meaningless. Listen to me, students. Walking through high school, don't spend your time looking for other students to approve of your lifestyle, who probably won't even be in your future at all. You waste your time, your energy, your effort, your life, trying to impress somebody else, by what you wear, by what you say, by what you do, by where you go. And yet it's costing you so much more than the price you really want to pay. And you're trying to impress somebody that really won't care after all. So what do we do? What do we do when we get to this place? And this is why it's so vital as we open up, as we continue in this series, as I open up this morning. Because I need you to understand that if you will allow God to fill that place of approval in your life, nobody else will keep taking it from you. A.W. Tozer said this, we tend to move toward our mental image of God. We tend to move towards the very picture of God that we have in our minds. Why is that important? It's important because how you perceive God will determine how you receive from God. And how you receive from God determines how you believe in God. And how you believe in God determines how you reveal God. Now, as I said a whole lot, I'm going to break it down quickly because I've got to keep moving. But the way that you perceive God, the mental image that you have of him, the thought that you have of God determines how you reveal him to the world. So if you think God is fully sufficient, able and capable of taking care of your life completely, you reveal yourself to the world, not as needy, but as fulfilled and satisfied. And hey, here, what can I give you? Not what can I get from you? But you see somebody walk into the world needy, looking to appease people, looking to make people happy, looking to, hey, do you know who I am? I want to be popular, fame, fortune. I want it all. They have not found satisfaction in who God really is. Because how you perceive him determines how you reveal him to the world. You ever go out to the country? It's hard out here. And it's hard out here, even in suburban Houston. Get away somewhere. You're out far away. Maybe camping at the lake. Nighttime comes. You look up in the sky, and it's full of stars. Where do all these stars come from? I never saw these many, this many stars before. Where did these stars come from? I can see stars everywhere right now. The stars have always been there, which you know. It wasn't like they just got created the moment you went out into the lake or out into the place. No, all that was happening was suddenly you didn't have the influence that was causing you to not be able to see the stars before. Something before was polluting the air so that when you looked up, you might see a satellite dish from DirecTV you might see a, the North Star. You might see the glimpse of something going on, but you can't see the, the fullness of the sky filled with stars because there's so much else in the air. The stars have always been there. But something's been blocking your view. We went on vacation. Now, I lived in Pensacola for about six years. When I first lived there, they built this tower called the Portofino out on Pensacola Beach. It's the first time i would taken my family back there since I lived there. And I, I, I had a friend who bought a condominium in that tower, one tower on the beach area. I remember visiting there and hanging out there. It was a lot of fun. Well, since then, they've built four additional towers. Now, they have five. So as we went back this time, we got a room in one of those towers, but I made sure when I was booking it, I wanted to be on the beach. I didn't want to pay that money to suddenly be on the backside and looking and having a tower block my way because I know me and I'd have been frustrated the whole trip because I want oceanfront view. I want to see the water. I want to hear the waves. I want to pay this money in exchange what I worked hard for to the place that now I get front row seats for the ocean. Too many times we live our lives and allow something to block our view so we can't really see who God is. Let me unpack this. Because when you allow something to block your view of who God is, God cannot satisfy the thing in you that needs to be needed and known. There's a blockade. There's something holding it up. Romans 1, Paul wrote this. He said, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. God has made the truth very obvious to each one of us. For ever since the world was created, people have seen with our eyes the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and nature. So people have no excuse for not knowing God. What is he saying? He's saying if you look at the world and creation, you have to acknowledge there's a God. So when people deny that and say a big bang happened evolution theories happen, when people just say it just came out of nowhere and they try to deny God's existence, they're liars. Because the Bible says that when you look at creation, you must admit there is a God. And you can see what we would naturally call invisible qualities. Actually, you can see them visibly. He said all of creation declares the glory of God. And God wants to reveal himself to each one of us. God is not playing hide-and-seek. God's not trying to get back behind the trees and hide and make you wander around and look for him. He actually wants to be found and reveal himself to you. Hebrews chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times. And God wants to reveal himself in very specific ways. He said through the prophets at many times, in various ways, But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through wisdom and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his word. So Jesus now jumps into the scene. Because we had about a 4,000 year period where God was speaking through prophets. Jesus jumps into the scene. And when he does, now Jesus uses language like, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you've known the Father. And what happens is suddenly Jesus recognizes there's things in your life this. This part of your life that you are needed to be needed and known. And as you walk through it, you're challenged because there's these thoughts about who God is. These expectations of what God will do. These perceptions of who God really is. And they're blocking your view so you really can't see everything about who God is. And Jesus introduces to us, this is really good something for the first time. The theologian J.I. Packer said this, you sum up the whole New Testament religion if you describe it as the knowledge of God as one's holy father. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and his prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all. Father is the name, is the Christian name for God. Ooh, that's good. No one called God Father until Jesus came onto the scene. Jesus recognized These people need to have a better understanding of who God is. So I am going to introduce to them the fact that God is willing to be their father. Jesus says, I'll be brothers with you. I'll be co-heirs together with you. And God will together be our father. And the understanding of Christianity cannot be better than to grasp the thought of adoption. That sentence really built a lot of this message, that Father is the Christian name for God. God desires for us to call him Father. God wants us to call him Father. God has built in a relationship so you can call him Father. God wants to be the one that when you're living your life, you're going, Dad, Dad, look, Dad, look. Dad, don't you see? Dad, watch what I did. Dad, and God is going to want God wants a front row seat to sit there and cheer you along and go, "Well done, son and daughter." He no longer wants to be the distant God that is untouchable, that is unknowable, that is unseen. He says, "I want to be in your life now and at the relationship level of father and child." Your kids ever make you stuff Ah, it's one of the biggest challenges of being a parent. They're probably making stuff back there and kids on the air right now. Artwork created by my four-year-old. I keep it in my Bible. Happy Father's Day from your love bug, Dax. A teacher wrote his name for him. He colored in or used stamps for a little butterfly. Nobody else is carrying this around in their Bible. I'm not carrying around your child's picture in my Bible either. We got out of church, cleaned up, found it on the floor. It's probably getting thrown away. But there's one reason. This one in particular stays in my Bible. There's one reason. There's a shoebox that has pictures of artwork that my kids have colored over the years. There's one reason why there's things that hang in my office that nobody else would hang in their office. Why? What is it? It's because I have a relationship as father and son. And because of that, this thing, whatever you would call it, has a place in my life. So God wants to be that much more of a father in your life that when you make a mess, when you have something happen, you're like, God, watch me. Look what I can do. I'm a child. That's amazing. Wow. Good job. I'm so proud of you. Look what you did. When Dax gave me that, I was like, "Mm, son, that's so good. You had no part in making this whatsoever. Great job. (laughs) Paul wrote in Ephesians, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So you may, why? Why do we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Paul? What are you praying for me for? He said, so you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart, my heart doesn't have eyes, no, no, no. But I need you to see with your heart that it may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and the incomparably great power for us who believe. He said, if you will get to a place where you know God better, you know him as father, these three things will begin to be seen in your life. You'll know why you're called. The riches of his glorious inheritance will be revealed and an incomparably great power will be available to you. I'm signing up for that. But it doesn't come from a distant relationship where you live on the back and you allow all these things to keep blocking and polluting the air between you and God. It comes in a father-child relationship where you come in close and you talk to God every day like he's your dad. Think about the prayer Jesus taught us. Jesus, teach us to pray like you teach us. Teach us to pray like you pray. Okay, boys, here we go. Ready? Get ready. Here we go. Our Father. Those two words right there should knock your socks off. Jesus just brought us into the family. His very first word was, Our, not my. He's willing to share God the Creator as His Father with you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Our Father. When you approach God in any format, approach him as a child to their father. And then he goes on to give us this great prayer. But those first two words should rock your world. They should change your approach about everything you do in your prayer life. Get in there and go through times of, oh, it's so difficult. Oh, it's so hard to pray. Oh, I can't, I don't know what to say. How do you talk to somebody? I sometimes will pull up a chair and be like, whew, you got some time. I need to talk. And I'll have a casual conversation. Yeah, there's times my prayer life gets intense. And I'll wage war and pray. But there's sometimes I just have to have a casual father-son conversation. When I say God, I want you to think Father. In this series, that's your step. In life, that'll be your goal. When I say God, you think Father. The problem is many of us have battled through extremely challenging situations with earthly fathers and the whole time I've been speaking you've been thinking about that contemplating that, considering that comparing God our heavenly father to the man who is your earthly father And that's a challenge for you. For some of you, it's a trigger. For some of you, it's unacceptable. Some people, they just push back and go, I can't do that. My earthly father was. So why should I consider him to be my heavenly father? Told you up front, I want to be sensitive, compassionate. And this series is not designed to shame you. It's designed to give you the ability to change, to confront the past. And for the next few moments, just a few moments, you'll be out of here. Dare look at the past situation, the father who was there or wasn't there, and realize that if you'll confront that, it may change everything about your parenting style now. And it may change everything about your relationship with God, your father, moving forward. I listed off five different types of fathers. Number one, the tragic father. Tragic. He just wasn't there. Maybe he passed away. Maybe he walked out, but he was absent. You may or may not know him. Maybe you've never dealt dealt with him. Maybe you've never met him. But he abandoned you. And you know you were forsaken. Maybe early on you didn't realize it. But as life developed and grew. It's a tragedy. For whatever reason, he was not in your life and he was gone. You say, Dave, how can I trust a heavenly father who will say he will never leave me when I saw my earthly father walk out. The second type is a terrible, terrible father. He was there, but he was abusive. And the pain you experienced was the worst pain anybody could ever go through. He said terrible things. He did terrible things. He was just a terrible person and you got tired of making excuses for how bad of a person he was. How can you you call on a God who says he will love you unconditionally, who calls you by name when you're such a terrible example of an earthly father? Maybe you had a tough dad He was hard on you. Nothing was good enough. Always striving to perform, always wanting to impress him, but it never met up. He never let you see his vulnerabilities. And even though you you wouldn't judge him for it, it just was too hard. Made life too hard. So how can you trust the Heavenly Father that loves you and continues to show his heart towards you when you had that tough, tough dad. Number four is a tender dad. He was soft, but he really didn't teach you how to stand up for yourself. He didn't show you what it meant to have a value in your life. He didn't show you as a woman what it meant to say, I I, I, I am known by my father, so I don't need other men. And as a man, he didn't teach you his son how to live life with integrity, responsibility, and accountability. He was tender, but he was soft. He was around, but he wouldn't confront. He would see things, but he wouldn't say anything. And he let life go by, and he failed to protect you. How can you accept this heavenly father Says he'll keep you, cover you, and hold you. Maybe number five, you had a terrific dad. He was great, but the truth is, it doesn't matter how good he was, he still was flawed. Just as I am, just as each dad here is, just as each parent just so flawed and you hold up this example of a terrific dad and you want this to be the perfect shining example and they let you down and you find out your dad the terrific dad is fragmented and he's broken and he's flawed and it suddenly shatters your existence because you held him up here and the only one that can truly be held up here is our heavenly father Maybe there's a type I left out. Maybe there's a topic I didn't cover. But too many times we walk through life and we can't quite see our Heavenly Father for who He is because the things of this world are blocking our view and our vision of who He is. And I've seen so many people get to a place in life where they look and look and and look, and look, and look, and look for other people to validate them and approve of them, qualify them. When only God truly can. When only your heavenly Father has the ability to fill the need to be needed and known in your life. There's a biblical word, forsaken. We don't use it a bunch in our language. We might use the word abandoned. Abandoned has come along. We use that. But there's a a vicious cycle that happens. Because some of you have been abandoned by your father on earth. Some of you have been betrayed by your father on earth. Some of you are afraid that God the father would do the same thing. And there's a de- deadly, vicious cycle that simply goes earthly fathers who forsake earthly children tend to create earthly children who forsake their heavenly father. Earthly fathers who forsake and abandon, betray their earthly children tend to create earthly children who then walk away from God because they're afraid. Because they have a false perception. Because they have bad information. God is doing everything he can to allow you to see him for who he is. As your father, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. God's heart is to get you to a place where you see God the Father for who He is. Hear me. Our Heavenly Father is perfection and every other father is flawed. We can't compare the two. God stands alone scripture I opened up with in the very beginning throw it back on the screen for me in Jeremiah chapter 2 my people have committed two sins he said they've forsaken me the spring of water they've forsaken me the spring of water he said I am life and yet you have dug your own cisterns and these cisterns are broken and cannot hold water This is what happens when you go and live life looking to be fulfilled and needed and known by everything and everyone other than God. This is the spring of life. This is the water that God offers. This is the hydration, the life that He is. And this is who He has made us to be. He's made us right here. He's created us. And He says, you want life? You want water? You want all that I have for you? Come and get some. Here I am. Be fulfilled in me. And we dip in and we get a hold of God. And we lose it. And we go for more. And it falls out. And we go back and say, God, bless me. And he can't bless you. But God, I need you. And it runs away. And all these holes come from a place of being broken and fragmented because you've been looking and searching and wanting and needing somebody else. And you haven't confronted the past to say, God, when I couldn't find you, when I didn't know about you, I looked for satisfaction somewhere else. I looked for approval somewhere else. I looked for acceptance somewhere else. And this believer is whole and he's forgiven. But you're walking through life and you can't even be blessed because God says this is what I have against you you have been looking for satisfaction somewhere else another spring of water and you're walking through life broken Jesus forgives of, of our sins the father restores us to our place as sons and daughters. Look at your life. Look at your relationships. You dive in, you try to come to church. Doesn't seem to work. You get married. Seems to keep breaking. You have kids, it's not working out right. Doesn't matter how many bonuses you get. It doesn't matter how many jobs you change. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. Life just keeps leaking everywhere because your cisterns are broken the invitation this morning is simply this drink from the spring of life but be healed confront the past it's hard it's challenging it is not easy maybe it's a mom Maybe as a guardian, who knows, God does. But be healed so that you can hold every blessing God has for you in your life. Would you stand with me? Just close your eyes for a moment. Look down in your life and ask yourself a question. Is there something blocking my view of God as my father? Does something prevent me from receiving that, accepting that? Is something holding back my life from engaging him as father? Pain, embarrassment, shame, abandonment. You feel forsaken. He left you behind. Whatever it might be. He was a terrific dad. Things didn't work out the way you thought they would. You feel disappointed, let down. You just looked and looked and looked for his approval. This morning, look at your life and realize, God, I I recognize I have these needs to be needed and known. And when I allow myself to only find true fulfillment in you, That all that matters is you knowing who I am. I begin to fix things in my life. God, I pray that you would look at your people this morning. Father, come down in this space into our lives and be that dad to us that only you can be. If we had tragic, terrible, tough, tender... We had great dads. None of them compared to you. Be the father to us you promised to be. So I can be fulfilled to be everything you've created me to be. This life. portion of service down close your eyes one more time for me it's for about 30 seconds wherever you are in life whatever you're going through whatever spot you are right now today in this moment God has you here for a reason and a purpose and you know and he knows I believe it's to bring healing wholeness and health into your soul so you can now take on the future he has for you Maybe today you need to say, Jesus, I need to be forgiven of my sins. And you need to make the Father your Father for the very first time. That's your first step. That's the greatest step you'll ever take. It's a step you take in beginning to become whole again. Or maybe today you're simply here and you go, I recognize what you're saying. I realize I've got some stuff I've never dealt with. I've put away, I've shoved to the back of the room, and I've got to deal with it. And I'm going to need God's help. And today, God is here saying, I will help you because I am your dad and I am your father. Across this room, I want to pray a prayer and lead you in it. Whatever place you're at in life, I want to invite you to pray this out loud as one church, one family. If you're watching online, pray with us. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and make me new. I want to be yours. I want to make you mine. Father. I call you, Father, come into my life and restore me, heal me, and help me confront the things of my past so I can become everything you created me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, church, put your hands together and celebrate. I believe God is doing some amazing things for us in our lives.